Welcome to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a food patriot to the natural world, and someone who knows the power of democracy in action to, to impact our lives. And in studio with me today is Emily Minky, who she's an organizer with Land Stewardship Action. Welcome to Food Freedom Radio. Thanks for having me, Laura. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited too. So what is Land Stewardship Action? Yeah, so Land Stewardship Action is the 501c4 of Land Stewardship Project. So what that means is we are kind of partner organizations um, and Land Stewardship Action allows us to move forward the same values and vision of Land Stewardship Project but in an electoral political capacity. So we can engage with candidates. We can make endorsements. We can do more directly political work. Um, and yeah, so kind of bring all of those those values to that arena, and it's another tool in our toolbox to move that vision forward and make it more of a reality. We've had land stewardship projects on a, a lot of times, and I, I love I love the work. But tell us a little bit about land stewardship projects, so people remember that. Yeah, so land stewardship project is a nonprofit uh, grassroots organization that was started in 1982. So this is actually our 40th anniversary this 40th. year, which is exciting. Um, and we were started as an organization that was promoting stewardship and justice on the land. So it started with actually policy work during the farm crisis, supporting farmers who were experiencing, who were firsthand heavily experiencing this crisis with markets. Um, And it was a way for them to organize together and advocate for better policy. And then it grew. And now we have an amazing programs department that does more direct service and education work. You know, it's our peer-to-peer, farmer-to-farmer network around soil health and farm beginnings. So for emerging farmers, um, doing work around land access to of connecting um, retiring farmers or non-operating landowners to to those who are looking to begin farming. Um, so we've got that area. Now we still have a very vibrant policy department as well that does policy advocacy at state and federal and local levels as well um, around our priorities. And then, yeah, then created the Action Fund as well. So it's a great organization that I think we can make change in in multiple arenas. Um, and um, what do we want to change from and what do we want to change towards? What, 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 when we say we want change, what, what do you mean? Yeah, so currently um, in our food and farm system, corporations have a lot of power and large agribusinesses control a lot. They control the markets. They control supply. Um, and to some extent are controlling some of the demand. Um, and that's really impacting small scale, small and mid-sized farmers. Um, our vision is having more farmers on the land farming in a sustainable way. Um, More farmers in terms of, you know, number of farmers, but also in terms of diversity of farmers, having farmers of color, having, um, you know, women farmers and other marginalized communities having access to land. So it's about, you know, moving away from this corporate control, not a having as much um, monocropping. So when you are driving, you know, I'm here, I'm from Minnesota originally. If you drive to Wisconsin, you drive to Iowa, anywhere around this state or this region, you see rows and rows of corn and soybeans and sugar beets. And it's about getting away from a lot of the the monocropping. It's about having more diversity on the land, um, um, better practices that are good for the land too, and just allowing more people the access to be on the land um, and to work with it. And, you know, I, I, we have the author of uh, Finding uh, Turtle Farm, one of the first CSAs, and I love what she said that, you know, food is sacred and land is sacred. And I don't know if there's a common language we can share for that, but that's sort of what I feel just kind of living. And when in the 1980s um, under Reagan, it was, farmers were told, get big or get out and you're going to industrialize and all of this. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know how yeah. to even phrase it, but it has carried so many negative consequences. Yeah, I mean that get bigger, get out. I think message is still very prevalent, and people think that they need to grow and expand in order to to meet their economic needs, um, and that shouldn't be the case. We shouldn't need to to be bigger and larger. We should be okay at any size and be able to make a living, meet our needs at that size. Yeah, that get bigger thing. It's just not my thing. I think right. we want to be beans, not things, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and we want, you know, we want to have the connection with the food that we're producing. We want to have a connection with the land that we're farming and working on. And I think as you grow, not to say you can't have that connection, but it does become more challenging. Um, and and the, maybe the land isn't always being treated in, in the same way if you're only looking at um, your bottom line too. So um, Land Stewardship Action, how do people connect with Land Stewardship Action? Yeah, so you can connect through us. So if you are um, connected with Land Stewardship Project, you know, we'll often send out you know, information about, hey, we also have this Land Stewardship Action. You can get involved with it. So you can connect that way if you're involved with, with LSP. Otherwise, you can just directly connect to Land Stewardship Action on our website. Um, we have a you know, join us link. You can sign up to get our emails. We'll reach out to talk more with you to understand why you why you wanted to get engaged. Um, we have a lot of ways. You know, right now with the election coming up, we're really in full swing with with contacting voters, with talking to our members about voting. Um, so there are many ways right now to get involved if if you're looking to. But I think just in general, you can go on to our website at landstewardshipaction.org um, and just express your interest as well to start. You know, getting communication. And, and having that conversation. And um, later in the show, we're going to be talking about uh, deep canvassing and how do we talk to each other and how do we activate. But I, I, um, I heard something on the radio today that actually was on a news story and it said it was about the midterm elections. And it had this sentence, it is easier to motivate people with fear and anger. And there's two big problems with that. One yeah. is fear and anger is really pretty darn exhausting. You know, yeah. I'm just I'm just tired of fear and anger, you know. And yeah. but the second part of that is people who are motivated, you know, that's fundamentally undemocratic. I mean, democracy is not about here's the pu- the puppet masters making us mad right. <laughs> or making us happy. <laughs> you know, it's about um, action. And that's what in, in your website um, uh, you say that it's uh, – um, well, how do you – what do you describe as democracy? You say democracy in action. What, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I think that there are many active and passive ways to, to be a part of our democracy. Um, but it's a tool and it's a resource that we all have access to. And I think that voting is an incredible step that, that people can take. But that's just part of engaging in our democracy. I think that you know we are inherently a part of our democracy and we have the ability to engage in it a lot more than we do. Um, and I think that we need to um, we need to step up to say like I can attend my you know county commissioner or like the the county board meetings I can mm-hmm. attend my township meetings my city council my school board meetings you know when we think about anything happening in our world right now that that does upset us or frustrate us you know that that first part of that quote around um, you know the the negative feelings is that if there's any of that stuff is actually controlled from a policy level. You know, we if we say like, oh, I don't like, you know, this how this intersection on my street is is being routed, you know, we can actually go to our elected officials to talk to them about that. You know, we see any of these movements that are happening right now in the world, you know, even thinking about the teacher strike that was happening in Minneapolis this year, like 
That's school board members. We elect them. There is so much power that we can have in in our democracy. And But it does take us stepping up to say that we want to engage. I think it's easy to be a part of our democracy and not engage. Um, and unfortunately, we see that a lot because people are tired. Um, I'm tired. We all have a lot on our plates. And and I think that we we need to take that step because there's a lot at stake. Um, but it's a step that we have to take. We can't. It doesn't just happen to us. And that exhausting. I mean, I actually think that some of the divisions. Um, I mean, a divided people are easier to control. If if we could find unity, um, mm-hmm. it would be so much stronger. And when it comes to uh, monopolization in the food system, man, is there a potential for unity there? Because what is it? Four companies control like eighty percent of the beef, or I mean, I forget the statistic right yeah, now. I don't but know there is for sure, just a tremendous consolidation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the food system, which has really hurt rural yeah. Minnesotans and yeah. farmers. Well, and I think it's about recognizing your self-interest within that too. I think that you know, and I always say this to you know, land stewardship members and supporters like definitely run the gamut of of political beliefs and and um, identities, but. The one thing I will say that all land stewardship supporters agree on is is we don't like corporations. <laughs> I can say that. Everything else, you know, there's a bit of a spectrum. But that is the one thing that we can all unify behind. And that is because the corporate consolidation and the monopolization is negatively impacting everyone. And I think it's about naming that. And that's something we've been doing a lot through race class narrative in our political work, too, is about naming that common enemy, is that – whether you are a you know a fifth generation small scale farmer on the land and you're farming you know corn and soybeans or you are a you know you recently acquired your land and you're doing a small scale vegetable csa like you are being negatively impacted by corporations and i think that we just need to get people to recognize their self interest in being a part of this work too and that motivation to take action and that empowerment, mm-hmm. that, that empowerment. And so, I mean, the, the community-supported agriculture is an example of people buying and selling directly from each other and mm-hmm. creating a whole different system. Yeah. And, you know, and I think it could be, we could say it's one, it's one that a lot of people ground on the, um, on the emotional or psychic value that life is more than just money and, you know, it, 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 it's sacred or whatever word you want to use. And so this idea of just the corporate control and getting bigger and bigger becoming a thing – that's driving climate change. That's driving a lot of unwellness. So moving towards a well, diverse system is sort of the aspiration here. Yeah, it is. And I think it's about – it's moving toward a, a well and diverse system also in a way that is accessible and equitable too because I think you know I think CSAs are amazing and, and I have been a part of some in the past. and It's, it's so beautiful to have that connection to yeah. um, the food, the land, you know, farmers as well. But they can also be expensive. Um, and it's they're expensive because, you know, small scale CSA farmers aren't receiving support in the ways that large, you know, monop- like farmers who are farming with larger systems are are and receiving. This is why we need an active democracy so yes. we can control the policies so that we can make it more equitable and create the food system that our hearts really want to create yes. and want our children to live in. Yes. So we're talking with Emily Mingy with the Land Stewardship Action, and we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. So come and turn me 
Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a food patriot to the natural world, and someone who knows the power of democracy in action. In studio with me is Emily Mingy, and she's an organizer with Land Stewardship Action. And joining us by phone now is Terry Vanderpool, uh, who is also with Land Stewardship Action. Um, so welcome. Welcome to Food Freedom Radio, Terry. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good. So how's it going for you today? Uh, things are going well. It's a beautiful fall day. I'm just when I'm done here, I'm going to head out and, and, and check on the cows and make sure the water lines don't freeze up tonight. Although I don't think it's going to get that cold, but yeah, it's going well. And, and then hopefully this afternoon finish, finish putting the garden to bed yeah. for the winter. So tell yeah. us about the, your farm. Well, I'm I'm pretty much retired from farming now. I, I'm still partners on a cattle operation with my brother and my great-nephew. I'm kind of nearing the end of my participation in that, but uh, my great-nephew right now is involved, deeply involved in harvest, and and my brother and sister-in-law are visiting visiting their kids in Canada. So I'm I'm kind of doing the chores right now. that's a herd of about of about thirty uh, cows. We raise grass-fed beef, and then on on my on my on my brother and uh, nephew's farm and 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 great nephew's farm, they, uh, they raise uh, organic crops and uh, pork for 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 consumption. Pork that they sell, uh, natural pork that they sell directly to the to consumers. Pastures are plenty. Oh, pastures are plenty. Sure, excellent. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, wonderful. Mm-hmm. So, um, why are you active in land stewardship action? Um, I need because I need some I need some support and and direction in in the uh, in the kinds of things that I want to do, which is basically continuing to continuing to start conversations to make it possible. For people to connect with each other, uh, find common ground, act in their collective collective interest, understand and act in their collective interest, and um, I, I, I just think it's more it's most more powerful to work to work through through an organization to do that. Um, I mean, it, democracy is basically. Uh, is basically a, a, a form of power where, 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 that 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 people hold. You know, people hold the power to to get things done. People hold the power to determine where re, where resources go, and it requires that it, it requires people acting collectively, not individually. It, it requires people understanding that they're part of something bigger than themselves. And I really feel that's something that we're losing, especially in the rural areas. Maybe maybe it's true in the urban areas, too. But I really feel it acutely out here. People don't feel connected to each other. They fly the red flag, or they, most of them fly the red flag, or a few fly the, blue, fly, the, fly the blue flag, and that's as far as their understanding and caring about politics goes. Um, you know, actually, I really Which, love I love everything you said because I think there's a lot of um, a lot to unpack in all that um, because democracy is fundamentally about our collective interest and our collective interests yeah. are connected, and mm-hmm. and yet somehow it has now become um, rather than us. Well, what do you think people think of when they hear the word politics? What do you think people think of? 
I think they think of something, a, a sort of a circus show that they just as soon ignore, and 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 uh, the the extent to which they're going to get involved in is to is to maybe go forward every every couple of years. I think they think of it as something that doesn't really have much to do with them, um, which is really which is really tragic. I mean, there's no way to try to run a democracy. Um, yeah, I, I don't think most people, I don't think most people see the, uh, see it for, for, for the way their for the way their own lives are functioning, for the way their own communities are functioning. Yeah. Um, Terry, I know that you've been organizing some, you know, through land stewardship action and, and the steering committee there, but also, you know, through up, through other ways in your community, and how has that organizing been going this cycle? Um, well, it uh, it's been going well, and 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 I'm 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 always pleasantly surprised to find that that when you talk to people about uh, about issues and about about uh, possible candidates, et cetera, they are they are they are interested in learning more, but they have it seems like they have to be motivated, they have to be kind of brought along. Um, I, I would say I would say it's going pretty well. There's a there's a lot of pent up energies I think since the uh, since the pandemic, just for people to to get out and and see each other and do things. So um, I I think the time is really really ripe. Um, what I am what I am also seeing though is, is that uh, and we all know that this is true. The disinformation campaigns that are out there, I mean, there, there are strong organized campaigns to keep people in confused chaos. And, and, and they're, they're working. Uh, they're, they're working to a really frightening degree. People are very, very misinformed. Yeah, earlier on the first segment, I, I just heard, and this was a, a, a news story, but it was like, oh, it's so much easier to motivate people with fear and anger. And I, I was thinking, it was in a news story about how politics works in our society. And there's two things I thought. One, all the fear and anger is just so darn exhausting. I mean, it really is. It's just yep. totally exhausting. Yep. But two, embedded in that sentiment, which is common, right, is that it's it's mm-hmm. almost a passive view of democracy. Instead of we're citizens and we're feeling tired and exhausted by these mm-hmm. systems. And so I think that your work is so vital because just hearing it in your voice, um, I, you know, uh, there are certain policies that I think we can really unite on. Uh, yeah. Connery Mono, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do too. And that, I think what comes out of, out of motivating people through through fear uh through fear and anger is fear and anger i i mean it, it it's almost like sometimes it almost seems like like it's politics as a magic show where fear and anger and and loathing and these outrageous talking points and misinformation and all of that is going on front stage to distract us from where the where the magician's hands really are and what he or she is doing Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just it, we're, we're kind of bar- we're kind of always I'm, I'm mixing metaphors all over the place here. Sorry about that. But no, I like it. It keeps it keeps people busy. It keeps people from really looking at what's happening and holding politicians, elected officials accountable. Yeah, uh, that's that's hard work, and that requires good information. Um, uh, so I I I think you know all that fear uh, that fear and anger motivates is a sideshow. Yeah. 
What what have you found motivates people with the work that you've been doing? Uh, what more? One of the things that I'm finding uh, motivates people quite a bit is the idea that yeah, there are politicians out there who are who are concerned and are, are are acting on on the concerns for the extent to which corporations are taking over our lives. Yeah, we're going to take um, a break and we're going to come back. We're going to talk more about this and we're going to come back. We're also going to talk about the joy of politics and how do we respond to that? How do we find a counter to the fear um, messages that are, are living? Um, how do we find a, a joyful politics? Uh, you're listening to Food Freedom Radio and in studio is Emily Mingy with Land Stewardship Action. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a food patriot to the natural world, and someone who knows the power of democracy in action. In studio with me is Emily Mingi. She's with Land Stewardship Action. And joining us by phone is Terry Vanderpool, also um, a, a volunteer with the Land Stewardship Action Project. And, Terry, in the last segment, you said some beautiful things, that sometimes politics is more becomes almost more like a magical show, um, and that... Real democracy is how we understand how we can act in our collective interest. So um, do you want to talk more about that? Well, I think the, 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 one of the challenges is, is getting people to, to find that collective interest. Um, you know, they're not going to find it on, on social media, I don't think. Um, find, find ways that they have collective interest with people that they maybe don't know they have collective interests with um, and 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 to discover that they're, they're, they're that a world without corporate control is possible mm, <laughs> most of what us, a concept. I, I think are kind of disbelieving of that yeah. it seems to me I mean it it, it um, there's nothing like getting people in a room together and, and and hearing direct talk about what's really going on yeah um, and and that's you know that's a slow way of doing things. The idea of, of, of more relational organizing, where you're, you're trying to bring people together, um, a couple of people, a half a dozen people, twenty people at a time, to really start searching out where those collective interests are. Um, yeah, and it's about getting we, people we in need, the room. We need to touch each other again. I mean, you know, figuratively. <laughs> yeah, and more hugs too. But you know. And yeah, more people, well, it, yeah it, we can do that now. So, what type of response <laughs> yeah. do you get in in your area? What what town are you from again? I'm uh, I live outside Granite Falls mm-hmm. in western Minnesota, right along the Minnesota River. Yeah. So, do you feel like people are are listening or are receptive to kind of what you're sharing or trying to come together? Because something I struggle with, Terry is even just getting people in the room sometimes. I think because of how busy we are and, you know, the exhaustion coming out of the pandemic and um, just the divisiveness mm-hmm. too, sometimes it's even hard just to get people in the room. So how is that going for you? It's, yeah, it's getting harder and harder to get people yeah. in, in, into the room. Um, although, like I said, I think there is a little bit of pent-up energy for it mm-hmm. since the uh, 
since the, the, the early phases of the uh, pandemic where we weren't allowed to do, do things like that or, or there was genuine fear in doing things like that. But getting people's attention is, 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 is getting very, very difficult, and it's, and it's in, at least in part due to all of the, uh, you know, everybody vying for attention, um, and some, some in some very, very, uh, you know, very loud, slick, Kind of uh, kinds of, of, of very noisy ways, uh, and generally that's where those are the sources of, of the real misinfor- uh, misinformation that we're seeing out there. Um, it's hard to compete with some of that stuff. It requires a lot of contacts um, before you before you can actually get someone's attention, and you know enough to to try to get them to, to try to get them to do something, but. Uh, it's also the case that I think that people are sometimes, some people sometimes are surprised, surprise themselves by how much they, they enjoy, uh, uh, connecting, you know, connecting with other people, uh, connecting with people in their communities that they wouldn't necessarily, that they wouldn't necessarily see. Yeah, so, I mean, the act of being political and democracy is, can be fundamentally joyful. Mm-hmm. It should be, yeah. Yeah. It should be. It should be, but in a lot of ways right now it's not, and I think it's really important to be honest about that. And I think that, I think what underlines it, like I um, I know there's a, a book out there, The Politics of Being, and I know like we're herd animals, and this idea of acting in the collective interest, I mean, we'd have such a better system if we were just able to sit in the same room. I think we could solve a lot of our problems, but the the constant um, churn and divisiveness and just the people making you fear and anger and all the um, all that like you're saying the, the the thing that seems to grab our attention are the uh, shiny objects that are just um, anger and fear baits and so mm-hmm. if we can sort of pause and try to get and engage with each other which isn't easy but but it does work doesn't it it does. It does. You know, I, I was just listening to was it sort of a different topic, but the same topic, uh, radio show on on on, on sex education. Yeah. And what's hap- what's happening with sex education, of course, is that there is in in, in uh, middle schools and and well, grade schools, middle schools, and and high schools, there's a concerted disinformation campaign yeah. about what goes on in order to, to shut those programs down, and. and Person after person that they talked to who were involved in these things said, you know, virtually the same thing. If 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 you if we, if I can sit down and talk to a group of parents about what's really going on in this class, ninety nine percent of the time they go away saying, "Oh well, that's great. I'm glad my kid's involved in that." Mm-hmm. But they come in with all of these concerns that you're. You're, 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 you know, you're recruiting them for the gay agenda and all sorts of other <laughs> nonsense. Um, all this need to listen to that, 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 that just drops into our heads so mm, easily. But with real information, overwhelmingly the response is, wow, I'm glad my kid's in this class. Yeah. How do you think we spread that message more, Terry? Oh, boy. It's a long, it's a long, slow haul, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, um, I, you know, we had this last weekend, and here in Western Minnesota, excuse me, we always have a um, 
over about four counties, we have an arts meander mm-hmm. where various artist studios um, have have an open studio, open house for the entire weekend at the same time, and 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 people come from miles around to meander and. I was just kind of thinking about it. I, I, I don't even know who all I was rubbing elbows with. I saw a lot of people, some of whom I knew, some of whom I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But we were all in the room for, for similar purposes, and nobody nobody cared about any of, the, any, any of anybody else's affiliations. Um, we, we need to, we need this, we need to be able to, 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 Form relationships on the basis of who we are, uh, uh, you know, I mean, who we honestly are mm-hmm. and shared interests. For example, art or yeah. music mm-hmm. or uh, um, sports, you know, um, any number of other things, ways that, that we can get back in the same room, back in the same space with each other and, and talk to each other. Um. um I don't know. I you know. I don't know all what the answers are. I know it's going to be hard yeah. to try to put this thing back together again because there are people that are deliberately trying to tear it apart. Well, and that's it. And there are people that are deliberately trying to tear it apart. No doubt about that. And it's it's working in so many levels, and they've mastered it. But I think there's always hope. And I had a, I had a personal experience that tied into something that may, may not be parents, but I was talking about a need for privacy and how important it was. And someone came back to me and said, "Oh, I'm a libertarian too." So, so because I was expressing this, they put me in a box as a libertarian, and then I was yeah. like super energized and so mad at him. I and I was like, I was got you know not even. T- I mean, I had this big reaction right back to him. And I'm like, but later I thought about that, and I'm like, how many times have I done that to other people? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I put yeah. you in all sorts of boxes. And, and the, the, so kind of getting out of the little boxes, because I, I think we're learning it's not really a binary world, no. you know, and, but, but, but how to step into our own power and our own individuality and sort of trusting the universe in some ways, but we're still working to yeah. make it better. And I'm, I'm also mm-hmm. afraid of what we might end up with, but I, uh, I think, I think, I, I think democracy, the, Tom Hartman says, tag you're it. It's not about, us being puppets, but it's about us waking up to something and making choices. Yeah, and making it, you yeah. know, I think right now people only really engage when when they have that fear or the anger or they feel somehow directly impacted. Um, it's not the status quo to be engaged, um, whether that's, you know, state or local or federal, um, but we need yeah. to make that the status quo and we need to make our democracy and our democratic processes and institutions accessible to people Um and, and kind of change that that status quo. And let's focus yeah. a little bit on healthcare now, because there's that shared interest, and I'm so, I mean, especially with like drug prices. So you've guys done a lot of work on healthcare. Is that mm-hmm. one of those touch points? Yeah. So we've done um, a fair amount of policy organizing work around healthcare through Land Stewardship Project um, in the past. And what our healthcare committee—it's another. So you, you know, Terry sits on. Our political steering committee, and then we've got a healthcare committee of members, and they're like, "Look, we've been advocating at the legislative session, session and session again. Nothing is changing with our healthcare system, and so finally, we're like, well, we need to go to elections. We're not going to change anything just by continuing to talk to the same politicians. People are dug in, um, and so we have started doing some some electoral work around healthcare because, I mean, you know, the reason LSP as an organization works on healthcare is because lack of access to, to affordable and accessible health care is a huge barrier to emerging farmers. Um, it is 
you know, you don't, you're self-employed as a farmer. You don't have um, employer-sponsored health care, and our public marketplace or private and public marketplaces are so expensive um, to mm-hmm. get health care, and what's covered is is not sufficient. Um, so we need to change that. And um, so we have started doing some electoral work around health care because, especially after the pandemic, people have a health care story. Something has probably happened throughout the last five years, 10 years, you know, whatever it is that has directly impacted them or someone they love um, around healthcare. And so that's something we found that we can really connect to people around um, and try and do some persuasion with. And Terry, how, do you, how does that area, how does the um, issue of um, healthcare resonate in the Granite Falls area? I, I think it resonates hugely. hugely. Um, people are really, really afraid about what's happening in the, in the healthcare systems in rural areas. We have hospitals and clinics um, merging and closing down. Uh, you know, um, everywhere, everywhere, uh, facilities are, are grossly understaffed. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an experience recently with a. Um, a, a very good friend who had early onset Alzheimer's, and uh, we literally couldn't find a place to put him. Uh, he, he had exp- he had he had experienced as he was getting worse and worse. He had experienced a little bit of agitation and and, and anger, which many people do with Alzheimer's. And there was not a long term care facility anywhere in this region who would take anybody who had those issues mm-hmm. because they were all grossly understaffed. Um. That's resonating with people, and people are people are afraid. Uh, people are afraid of, of of getting basic health care and, and long term care services out here. Yeah, is that an but area yeah, you think that could connect people? Yes, yes, I do, and I think we need to connect it to immigration. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to connect it to education and and and, and wage and justice issues. Um, <clears throat> yes, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I definitely do. Well, Terry, and, uh, and, 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 and oh, I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead. no, we need to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what candidates you in, in, endorsed and then what is this idea of deep canvassing. So you're listening to Food Freedom Radio, and we're talking with Land Stewardship Action. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Headline, and today we're talking about uh, land stewardship action, uh, politics, democracy um, in action. And in studio with us is Emily Mingy, and joining us by phone is uh, Terry Vanderpool. Um, so there's this phrase, deep canvassing. What does deep canvassing mean? Yeah, so deep canvassing is an electoral tactic and strategy that's been used um, and has kind of come to use a lot more in the, the recent past. Um, and it was actually, it began around the marriage amendment. So it was a tool that was used um, in Minnesota in 2012, I believe, um, to fight yeah. the marriage amendment where the legislature was voting to make marriage only between a man and a woman. And so deep canvassing was used. And the basis of deep canvassing is is twofold. It's about values and stories. And the underlying belief with deep canvassing is that everybody has a story. Um, and so what it, so canvassing, you know, traditional canvassing, it's having conversations with voters, whether that's on the phone or at the doors. And that's about, usually it's about IDing them for a certain candidate or certain issue. So deep canvassing, as it kind of says, is it's deeper canvassing. They're usually longer conversations. They can be up to 20 minutes long where you're connecting with a voter about a certain issue area and trying to tease out their values 
and the story that they might have that expresses those values that's connected to that issue. So, for example, Land Stewardship Action, we're deep canvassing on healthcare, um, as we talked about before, and um, soil health and climate. We're deep canvassing on healthcare because we we know that everyone everyone has a healthcare story. Everyone has been impacted by our healthcare system. And so that's a way that we can connect with people to understand how they've been impacted and to get them to hopefully better see why we, we need to be voting for candidates that want to support a public, um, more accessible healthcare system. Um, and then with soil health, it's about, um, you know, helping people in our base understand why it's like, why we need public and government support for soil healthy farming, um, that it can't just be on each farmer to make that decision because it is a, it's an economic, um, kind of, it, it takes a lot to make that step to transition to soil healthy farming. Um, so we've chosen those as our two issue areas to talk to voters about, to talk to them about candidates who we are supporting, who align with our values, um, and persuade them to care about these certain issues and to vote for certain candidates. Um, so do you want to say which candidates you are endorsing? Yeah. So we, we haven't publicly endorsed any this year, um, but we are supporting candidates. So we are supporting, um, you know, we're supporting on a statewide level, uh, Keith Ellison for attorney general, um, Tim Walls for, for governor on a local level though, we are supporting Alita Baroud who's running for Minnesota state Senate in, um, SD 24, which is Rochester, kind of the Western uh, Rochester and then West of Rochester, um, and then we're supporting Christy Purcell, who's running for the Minnesota State House in the Northfield area. Um, and additionally, we have done some support work and are supporting Dan Wilson, who's running um, in SD26 down in southeastern Minnesota, which is Winona, Fillmore, Houston counties. Um, yeah, so those are the three candidates who we have done support work for thus far and will continue to. And um, so uh, what, how can our listeners help? you um, help land stewardship action? How can they get active in it? Yeah. So we do have two more deep canvases coming up. Um, you will be targeting voters in in these districts that I've mentioned where we have um, candidates we're supporting running um, about soil health and health care, talking to them about the candidates as well who are going to be on the ballot, making sure that they're voting in line with their values. So we've got two more of those coming up um, in October. We'd love for you know as many people to join us in those as possible. Um, but you know, it is, and it does take, you know, a certain level of putting yourself out there to engage in a deep canvas conversation. We do have, um, one more training that we're offering on deep canvassing, but also have resources available and, and myself and other staff are available to kind of talk with you about what these conversations look like, practice the script with you and, and help support you in that process. And then also we are doing, um, you know, some more general get out the vote calling, um, closer to the election to be calling, um, members and, and supporters. So, you know, supporters of land stewardship action, those in our base who um, we want to make sure, you know, do you have a plan to vote? Do you know who's on your ballot? Um, and just kind of gauge where they're at, you know, if they've got questions about the election and and really work on forming relationships as well. So, you know, I'm always looking for, for more people to be a part of some of that outreach. Right. So we only have about three minutes left, and I want to talk. Uh, take this because how do we talk to each other about politics? Maybe Terry, you have um, you can jump in here because um, we all know people who may not vote, and so and and especially with the kind of it's with politics seen as almost a dirty word. How do you how do you engage people people you might know? Yeah, uh, the only way that I know to do it is, is to find out what. 
find out what they what they are what what they are engaged in, what concerns they do have. Um, I find that um, a real a real unifying set of issues for for a lot of people is around corporate control and food. Mm-hmm. Uh, those I mean those are those really go to places where people live, and they may not think about it in terms of. Uh, in, in terms of being political issues, but they, you know, they both deeply are, obviously. So, but you, you know, you, you have to start by find by finding out and 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 respecting, honoring where they are and and what their concerns are, and the way they like to see the world be a little bit more than it is right now. So you mean um, like engage as they're a fellow citizen, not like you're trying to right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> convert them to your cult. Human to human conversation. Yeah, yeah, human to human, which is respect. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. what we yeah. found with, with some of the deep canvassing in these conversations, it's about finding that self-interest. It's also about letting people share and, and creating a non-judgmental space like Terry was talking about too. And Because uh, people... We all, I mean, you know, whether that's now with the pandemic that we've been living through or in general, like people want to be heard and they want to be listened to. So if we can provide that space, not with trying to insert our two cents and our facts that we have in our back pocket every every five seconds, but we can just listen and ask questions mm-hmm. and engage them and try and understand who they are as a human um, and then connect over those values because – Chances are you're going to find something that resonates with you when you're listening mm-hmm. and connect over that as opposed to focusing on that persuasion piece. Right. Um, and right. here's a quote from right. Paul Wellstone. Successful organizing is based on the recognition that people get organized because they too have a vision. And so part of I think the aspiration is to um, – the word empower but to just th- – th- that we we can own society. We can own yeah. our food system. I know it seems really hard but we can <laughs> – we can own the mm-hmm. healthcare system. <laughs> we can own yeah. the media. We can, I guess, the word occupy. You know, right? Yeah, just thinking about like instilling that hope, too, and that's tough. It's a tough thing to do. Yes, it is. It is in this conf- confused chaos, um, but understanding our and acting in our collective interest. Um, it's a power of connecting with each other. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. So, again, the website where people can check out? Yeah. So we are at landstewardshipaction.org. Um, and, yeah, you can definitely sign up just to be on the email list. Um, you can reach out to me directly to ask any questions or sign up for any of our upcoming actions between now and Election Day and beyond because the work does not stop on November 8th. No. Um, any last thoughts, Terry? Um. I, I guess my last thoughts are just to, to let, let's encourage each other to turn off the social, social media and talk to each other. Turn off the social media and talk to each other. Unless you're listening to the radio, you can turn that off. <laughs> you're listening well, yeah, to Food yeah, Freedom yeah. Radio yeah, on AM 950. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. Thank you. Thanks, Emily.